Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com. It's Thursday, January 25th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Missouri's recreational marijuana industry is only a year old, but it's already selling around $100 million of cannabis each month. A few dozen cultivation facilities across the state supply the marijuana to dispensaries. A lot of people think the glory is in flour, but it's, it's set it and forget it. You know, flour is fun, but it's it all starts in propagation and veg. Coming up, St. Louis Public Radio's Eric Schmidt goes inside one cultivation center in the St. Louis region to see how the crop is produced. Missouri Governor Mike Parson has used his final State of the State address to reflect on his 20 years in Jefferson City. St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Lippman reports. Parson spent six years in the House and six in the Senate before being elected lieutenant governor. He took over as governor in June 2018 after the resignation of Eric Reitens. Parson highlighted billions of dollars in investment in education at all levels and the state's roads and bridges. He spoke of the raises he gave state workers, and he said he did it all while passing three major tax cuts. No one, I mean no one, has gone to bat for the people of Missouri like this administration and you, and today we have won. Parson also got to appoint more than 40% of the state's judiciary and five statewide office holders during his six years as governor. I'm Rachel Lippman, St. Louis Public Radio. Key elements in yesterday's speech include the goal of fully funding the foundation and transportation formulas for K-12 schools. Parson also wants to again boost the minimum pay for teachers and fund a plan to expand I-44. Some of his fellow Republicans believe the speech was a continuation of making state government larger. Missouri Freedom Caucus member and gubernatorial candidate Senator Bill Igel. Even though we didn't hear a single policy platform from the governor talking about a single conservative priority in the speech that he just gave, we're going to lead from the Senate side. Eigel's comments come one day after he and three other members of the Freedom Caucus were stripped of their chairmanships. A new Missouri Department of Health and Human Services report concludes owners of a North St. Louis nursing home put residents and staff at risk when they abruptly shut down the facility last month. The report finds workers at Northview Village on North Kings Highway moved roughly 175 residents of the building to different nursing homes within hours. It says some were moved without consent, without informing family, and without making sure they had possessions and medical records. It also finds alarms were blaring, people were stuck in an overcrowded elevator, and some residents were free to wander off during the evacuation. Tax breaks for property developers throughout the city of St. Louis and St. Louis County have cost minority students in public schools hundreds of millions of dollars. That's the conclusion of a new report. St. Louis Public Radio's Lucretia Wimbley has more. A new report released by nonprofit Good Jobs First and the St. Louis Teachers Union found that minority students within the St. Louis Public School District are most impacted by tax breaks. They lose 91 times more revenue per student than students in the Rockwood School District. The study found schools lost more than $260 million to property tax breaks over the last six years. Former SLPS teacher Juanita Chambers says some of those funds could have helped students experiencing homelessness. We find coats, shirts, shoes, 
and we put them in a place where kids were homeless to come and get them. Researchers made several recommendations, including shielding school funding from tax abatements. I'm Lucretia Wembley, St. Louis Public Radio. A disparity study shows minority and women-owned businesses in St. Louis County are given fewer construction and service contracts. They are also underrepresented in the industries. County Executive Sam Page says plans to encourage equitable distribution of opportunities are in the works. And it also makes it clear that the St. Louis region needs more workforce development programs to make sure that we have more of our residents trained for the jobs we have, especially those opportunities in the construction trades. The report also indicates people of color in the region are more likely to face predatory lending practices compared to non-minority mortgage applicants. The Illinois State Board of Education is recommending an $11 billion budget for the fiscal year that begins in July. It prioritizes evidence-based funding. That's a formula which first funnels any new dollars to districts with the most financial need. The state usually increases funding by $350 million each year. Board member Shirley Chavaria says she's happy to recommend that same amount. I further want to highlight an appreciation for the recommendation to continue supporting the EBF um, commitments that have been made. I think that's incredibly important to get us closer to that goal of equity. However, the state is about $2.5 billion behind in making sure all districts are adequately funded by 2027. The Missouri legislature is considering a bill to punish nurseries that sell five non-native invasive plants. St. Louis Public Radio's Kate Grumke reports. The bill would effectively ban the sale of burning bush, calorie pear, climbing euonymus, Japanese honeysuckle, and Cerisia lespedisa. Experts say these plants can cause problems for ecosystems and agriculture in Missouri. Bruce Sassman is a Republican who represents a district southeast of Jefferson City. He says he battles some of these plants on his farm and sees this as an opportunity to show that Republicans care about the environment, too. It doesn't matter if you're a Democrat or Republican. or We all have a responsibility to take care of the planet and take care of the places that we live. We need to be better stewards of the planet. The bill had a committee hearing Tuesday and still has many hurdles to clear before becoming law. I'm Kate Grumke, St. Louis Public Radio. Missouri dispensaries sold more than $1 billion of legal recreational marijuana over the past year. It comes from roughly 50 cultivation facilities approved by the state. St. Louis Public Radio's Eric Schmid visited one cultivator in St. Louis to learn how it all gets produced. The interior of this nondescript South City warehouse hums. Justin Sheffield is the director of cultivation for Since Cannabis and shows me around the facility. We begin with the plants that are the basis for everything that's grown here. You know, moms are your genetic bank, essentially. Sheffield calls these plants moms because their branches are cut and become new plants. I think it doesn't always get the uh, love it deserves. A lot of people think the glory is in flower, but it's, it's set it and forget it. It all starts in propagation and veg. Dozens of six to eight inch tall plants bathe in bright light on the racks inside this mild and humid room. Most will move on to produce cannabis flour for dispensary products, but Sheffield says a few will replace the mom plants they were propagated from. Once they have roots, they move into even more humidity and light to build up vegetation. You, you, you can feel in here, this is equatorial, right? <laughs> a 
only thing that keeps these plants from flowering is the light cycle. Uh, it's 18 hours of light. Sheffield says once the plants drop down to 12 hours of light each day, they start producing flower. He says this environment is where they spend the most time, about nine weeks. We enter a room where some of the marijuana plants have flowers the size of a small mango. These are getting harvested tomorrow. You can feel that it's much cooler and drier in this room, and that is because of the late stage of flower. It's, it's bringing out the colors, it's pushing these plants to finish. THC potencies increase exponentially the last week. From here, the plants are harvested, dried, trimmed, cured, and then prepared for the dispensary shelf. Sheffield says the whole process takes about five months from that first snip of the mom plant. After walking through the facility, Sheffield and I sat down to talk more about his job and the state of the industry. We started with what attracted him to cannabis cultivation in the first place. It was engineering, it was chemistry, it was construction, it was horticulture. It was a chance to just combine everything I love into one. I guess, you know, is it easy to grow? It is easy to grow, but it is difficult to grow consistently. It's easy to grow a cultivar, but it's difficult to have a 12-month outlook and know how many pounds of what cultivar you'll have eight months from now. Can you tell me about some of the lessons that you took from either observing other recreational cannabis rollouts or your experience in Colorado? Like, How did that inform your ability to kind of get a growing operation up and running to, to, to meet what the recreational demands would be in Missouri. My experience in Colorado, where we did see pretty significant price compression, is knowing that we would see that in Missouri too. And we're starting to see that compression. You know, a big part of my job is, is keeping our cogs and our, our, my production price in check and making sure that we remain profitable. Missouri being a younger market, you know, what do you see in this industry? How might this market develop as it becomes more mature? I think shifting away from only THC percentage. That's kind of the first and biggest marker of a maturing industry. I think we all saw that with THC isolate when you, you know, 99% THC is not as enjoyable to consume as 20% with a lot of other compounds. Interesting. You know, sometimes the highest concentration of something is not the most enjoyable. Well, yeah, I love vanilla ice cream, but not vanilla extract. That's a great <laughs> analogy. A lot of the, the real medical users that I personally know, they, they shop by, you know, dominant terpene rather than THC percentage. Uh, terpene, it's, a, it's an aromatic chain, and it, it's responsible for the smell and the flavor, and there, there's a direct correlation of user experience. That was Justin Sheffield, who directs Cultivation for Since Cannabis, speaking with St. Louis Public Radio's Eric Schmidt. Our Brian Moline edited that report. The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.